Podcast Movies Edition, presented by Phil Hinton. Welcome to this month's AV Forums Movies Podcast. Coming up with Keith, Kaz and Chris, we discuss the latest cinema news and reviews, we look forward to the big HD DVD, Blu-ray and DVD releases, plus we review The Descent on Region A Blu-ray, and we also take a look at Rain On Me on UK Blu-ray Disc. But first, it's time for the cinema news. From AV Play, it's this week's DVD and HD news and reviews. So as always, to kick things off, we'll talk about what's coming up at the cinema in the coming months ahead. And uh, kicking us off this week is Chris. So Chris, what are you looking forward to? Well, surprisingly enough, just before uh, the Bourne Ultimatum um, screened, there was a trailer for the new Keira Knightley classical sort of historical drama set during the start of the Second World War, Atonement, which is actually getting tremendously rave reviews. Uh, I have to say that when I sat back and... I had no idea what this film was about until I didn't even know it existed until I saw the trailer. But I thought it looked visually very impressive, quite emotional and uh, quite large scale. And although it probably isn't the sort of thing I would normally be drawn to, I thought, wow, that looks absolutely amazing. Uh, I really can't tell you what the plot is because I don't know. But it's obviously some kind of twisted love, romance, jealousy, deceit, and then a great big world war blows up right in the middle of all that and causes even more confusion and chaos. I can tell you that the two people I saw Born Automaton with thought the atonement looked atrocious. They were like, my God, who's going to pay to see that? And it's, it's getting, you know, loads and loads and loads of rave reviews. So, I don't know. It's one of those you're going to have to make up your own mind about, I think. But I wouldn't mind having a look at that myself. If only to see Kira Knightley coming out of the, uh, the fountain in a very, very see-through dress. So, uh, Atonement, that comes out on the 7th of September. Uh, we'll move to Keith. Keith, what on the list is uh, looking interesting to you? Well, I've been told by a number of my friends and colleagues that I have to get into some more Simon Pegg, so I'm going to try and fit in uh, Run, Fat Boy, Run. Apparently, Simon here is a, a bit out of shape, middle-aged man, and he's, uh, he's lost the love of his dreams from many years ago, who he jilted on the altar. So now to try and win her heart back, He's uh, in training to run a marathon. The trouble is at this point in time that uh, she's uh, she's got a new man in her life. So who knows where this one will go. Uh, you can't go wrong with a bit of Simon Pegg. And um, so seen the trailers. It looks quite good. Anybody else seen the trailers? Going to check this one out? I've seen the trailers, yeah. And so, yeah, Simon Pegg, always fantastic. I, I doubt I'd go and see it at the flicks, though. I'd probably wait for this to come onto DVD. I'm not really a big comedy fan, although I end up when I see one, I end up loving it loads, but I, I won't go and see this at the flicks now. Another one coming up is uh, Superbad. It's being released on the 14th of September, and it comes from the makers of the 40-year-old virgin, so we know what kind of lines it's going to go along. Evan and Seth attempt to reverse a lifelong losing streak with girls in a one-beer-soaked night. Kind of sounds like a modern version of uh, the old Porky's-type films. Uh, anybody seen the trailer for this one? <laughs> 
Uh, I haven't actually seen the trailer for this one. Um, I've, I just read about it in reading the news on it, and uh, I just watched 40 Year Old Virgin a second time the other day. If it gets the kind of reviews that 40 Year Old Virgin gets, then I'd be well up for seeing it. Uh, along those lines, there's of course Knocked Up coming out soon, which I'm quite looking forward to. And also uh, hitting the cinema screen on the 14th of September is Shoot 'em Up, the latest Clive Owen uh, action fest. So, Kaz, um, you said to me that you quite fancied this one, is that right? Yeah, well, you can't really go wrong with uh, Clive Owen and Monica Bellucci, can you? Um, I've been looking forward to this movie for quite some time, just about ever since John Woo gave up doing um, crazy, uh, no-brainer action movies. Um, it looks just like what it's called. It looks like a big shoe smut. Uh, Clive Owen's some gun-toting loner who has to protect um, a woman with a baby. And uh, it's just guns and mayhem and people jumping off buildings and driving around in cars, grabbing guns off the ground, explosions. Just insane. It sounds really, really good. Um, it's also, it also takes a different turn for Clive Owen because he's been quite a serious actor so far. Uh, I kind of like the idea of seeing him in a, an all-out actioner, like a superior actioner. So I'm quite looking forward to that. So that's uh, Shoot 'em Up, and that hits cinema screens on the 14th of September. And to finish up, we'll go to Chris. And Chris, a born ultimatum. Oh, yes. Yep, yeah, um, possibly one of, the, one of the best trilogies of recent years, certainly. Matt Damon, not my favourite actor, as I've mentioned many, many times before. But oddly enough, perfect for the role of uh, Jason Bourne, the thinking man's James Bond. Now, I've seen this film a couple of times, and uh, I'm a big fan of the the overall franchise. And for me, it didn't disappoint. Everything you, you wanted from Bourne was there. You had the car chases, you had the fights, you had you know copious action and um, lots and lots of suspense. You had the jiggery-pokery with the epileptic cameraman yet again, which is probably the only downside to this movie because I think it's the camera work is the worst of the trilogy with this one because he just doesn't stop shaking that camera, which is fine if you're in the middle of a fist fight, fine if you're behind the wheel of a car and you're in a hot pursuit down the city streets, but if it's just two people talking in the room, no, that is just too much and too disorientating, especially on the big screen. Uh, I saw it with a few people and they were... Well, we all agreed on the same thing. It was just very nauseating, really, and sort of headache-inducing. But anyway, back to the movie. Uh, It's not a film in its own right. It is the final chapter of an ongoing saga. The three films do join together as one. As a lot of people have probably done before they've seen this, they watched Identity and Supremacy beforehand. I certainly did that. And yeah, the three of them flow exceptionally well together. I think this one has more genuine on edge on the edge of your seat excitement to it because right from the very start you're running. I mean he's born to run, hence the name. And you know it's just one set piece after another, but it tells a story. Damon gets through this with saying literally about ten lines in it, which is quite remarkable. He's got one of those emotionless faces, which ordinarily I'd say, look mate, you're Billy Bland. You, I just you're not convincing. I'm not buying any of this. But for the role of Jason Bourne, it seems to work. And I, I can't, I can't fault the guy for that. Um, Energy-wise, I can believe everything that you see him do on that on screen. It's exciting. The, the best fist fight in the, uh, the trilogy is certainly in this one. I mean, you have the rooftop chase in Tangiers. I'm not going to go into all the plot, obviously, 
because um, basically there isn't much of one. It's just him trying to find his identity. Um, and in that respect, it always, always reminds me of Wolverine, actually, uh, the, the old X-Men Weapon X uh, project. And Wolverine is forever trying to find out who he really is and why he opted to do this um, strange uh, sort of profession um, and why he went renegade. And Jason Bourne's very, very similar to that. He's a highly trained, highly skilled assassin who wants to work out why the hell he bothered doing this in the first place. And there's a tiny bit of soul-searching in this one, but it's just relentless, as far as I'm concerned, and very, very enjoyable. Uh, Paddy Considine, uh, one of the gems of British um, thespian talent at the moment, uh, I was a bit disappointed because he was quite heavily touted as being you know, um, a star of this movie. And, well, he's not in it for very long, is he? Um, but it's a great scene. You've probably heard about this if you haven't already seen the movie, the the Waterloo Station sequence where Bourne has to try to save... This is the start of, I'm not giving too much away here. This is the start of the movie. He has to try and save this investigative journalist played by Paddy Constantine um, from <laughs> the encroaching circle of CIA hit squads whilst trying to get information from this guy, save him from these guys coming through, and all in the middle of a crowded station. It is superlative filmmaking. It is brilliantly on the edge of the seat stuff. And the scenes that follow after this, it's just more of the same. Great, relentless action. Uh, and one of the finest trilogies in recent years, as I've said. Great stuff. Um, I saw it a second time. And I think a few more shortcomings made themselves apparent. But overall, major thumbs up from me. Very enjoyable film. And it's got more of uh, the soundtrack again. John Powell, who did all three movies, uh, it's, he's created a musical signature for Jason Bourne, which is second to none. And you have that incredible sort of sampled owl hooting again on the soundtrack, which has become synonymous with Bourne. And it's just, it's just great, great stuff. And of course, Moby's in there as well with Extreme Ways. So great film, great film. See it at the flicks, but make sure you take a sick bag with you because that camera work is going to throw you a wobbler. Why am I not surprised you went to see that twice? Uh, to try and make out the bits in the fight that I didn't quite make out the first time round. Uh, but no, just very enjoyable. I hyped these movies up for myself, so incidentally, the people I saw it with didn't like it, or rather were not impressed with it. Being big fans of the first two films, as they are, I could not believe that this was their opinion. They said, well, where's the plot? I said, well, you know, it's the final chapter of an ongoing plot. It's not meant... The, the, the books uh, that are based on have far too much plot you couldn't you really could not make those into movies you've got to streamline it and of course the, the story of Bourne has moved with the times they're not Cold War anymore obviously and it's become a more intimate and more emotional sort of journey that Bourne undergoes and you know I, I, I you don't really want extraneous uh, scenarios with different characters it's just people trying to get Bourne Born trying to find out who he is and why, and you know, <laughs> they were a bit, you know, blase about it. Mm, it's just action for action's sake, isn't it? Well, I mean, there's plenty of movies that are, that are like that, uh, which they're just showboating stunts here, there, and everywhere. But Born does have more going for it than that. Each to their own, I suppose. Anyway, history has proved me right because it's one of the most successful franchises at the moment, and certainly one of the most popular uh, with most people, anyway. So that's a big thumbs up um, for Born Ultimate. Terrifically, yeah, yeah. Excellent. 
And that wraps up our cinema news and reviews for this month. And coming next, we have the disc news. Made by enthusiasts. For enthusiasts. Wow, a free movie, thanks. This is the AV Podcast. And to kick off the disc news this month, I will head over to Kaz. Kaz, what do you have? Well, just announced today, though, there's Transformers coming to HD. Um, it's coming out on, in October. Apparently, it's a two-disc HD set due October 16th. HD exclusive, of course, because of the recent Paramount fiasco. And um, the jam-packed with extra features, including a Transformers heads-up display, which is picture-in-picture mode, uh, and your usual behind-the-scenes, blah, blah, blah. Really enjoyed it in the cinema. Thoroughly looking forward to it in HD. Very last-minute release. Um, I'm finding these announcements for releases just less than a month before is quite um or about a month before is quite uh, shocking for such a big movie but this is definitely one that i'd be interested in picking up the other one that i that is was announced today is uh, live free or die hard now although this was reported before as coming out november the 20th exclusive to blu-ray what wasn't announced until today was the fact that the blu-ray release is only getting the PG-13 cut, which is something which I myself am just absolutely up in arms about. Everyone, since it was released in the cinema and since I really enjoyed it in the cinema, everyone's been talking about an unrated version. DVD, standard def DVD, is getting an unrated version of this movie. So the concept of release, releasing on Blu-ray, which is supposedly the superior format, um, the PG-13 version, especially since I would think that most Blu-ray owners are in an older age bracket. I think it's ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. It's more likely teenagers are going to have access to DVD and 20, 20-something, 30-somethings are going to have access to Blu-ray. Yeah, and rich Certainly. ones like that. Yeah, well, so it, it just why... seems ludicrous anyway, doesn't it? You know, it's, yeah. it's a really, really big film. We know John McClane, we know he swears, we couldn't believe that... <laughs> It was a PG-13 when it came out of the flicks, although you didn't really notice apart from the lips were slightly saying something else. But it was a great, great, still brutal movie. We all loved it. Why draw a distinction now when it comes out for home entertainment? Put up, if you need to, put out both versions on all formats. What, what difference does it make? Then you've got your choice. So, um, well, they're releasing both versions on DVD. They're just yeah. only releasing the PG-13 cut on Blu-ray, which is I find just ludicrous. Yeah. And I, I've got no idea. I don't want to buy the standard def. But I don't want to buy the Blu-ray release and then have to double dip. So it's actually gutting news. I was really looking forward to this. Why not just put the two versions on one with you know some sort of seamless branching or whatever? Well, well there you go. You you know, seemingly, just, just... seemingly you've got 50 gigabytes on there. Why not? Why not have both yeah. versions of the film on there? Yep, sounds a bit strange. HD wins with the Transformers rushed into it with a double disc as well. And then a great big title like Live Free or Die Hard gets completely botched by Blu-ray. The war just gets crazier and crazier, doesn't it? Okay, and uh, moving on. Chris, what do you have for us this month? This month? Well, not so much this month, but certainly stuff that's coming out very soon. Uh, next month, October, you've got with Halloween at the end of it. And it seems that Blu-ray is celebrating uh, the horror genre quite explosively because you've got absolutely loads of stuff coming out. You've got Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead... Evil Dead 2, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the original Halloween is coming out, Twilight Zone the movie, I think for what is the first time actually on, on disc at all, 
28 days later, 28 weeks later as well. Um, and these should all be, well, hopefully glowing transfers in uh, 1080p. And I know that certainly PCM tracks are on a lot of these ones, Halloween and Dracula particularly. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to all of those. Um, shortly after that, in November, you've got a, an absolute cult, cult classic and a, a real favourite of mine, which I, a film I grew up with. It's liberally panned by most critics, but it's absolutely brilliant, and it's the Omega Man. Some say Omega, I say Omega. Um, Charlton Heston, in one of his fantastic uh, triumvirate of fantasy sci-fi movies that he made, Planet of the Apes and Southern Green being the other two, but I think that my favourite would have to be this one. It's based on Richard Matheson's 1954 novel, I Am Legend, uh, which of course is about to hit the screens again in what will be its third incarnation with Will Smith playing the main character. And I'm really looking forward to that. But I love this particular movie and it's coming out on HD and Blu-ray. Now that's on November 27th. Um, extras wise, I think there is a few things on it, but they're only the same as what adorned the original Region 2 and Region 1 which incidentally had a fantastic transfer, so I'm really, I've really i got high hopes of this. I think it should look great. And beyond that, uh, which is quite a, a ripe market for stuff already, at the end of the year, you've got Blade Runner. Oh my God, Blade Runner, finally, uh, in the Ultimate Collector's Edition. It's coming out on HD and it's coming out on Blu-ray. This is December 18th. Now, there's, there's various incarnations of this that's going to be hitting the streets. Um, for the real fan, you've got the one that comes in the little metal briefcase, which is the Ultimate Collector's Edition, and it has, what is it, five discs worth. You've got every version of the movie that is known about. You've got the uh, notorious work print. Um, you've got the final cut, which is the, the version that Ridley Scott has gone back into and retweaked. Apparently, there's not much actually different story-wise. The ending is still the same as the director's cut. Um, and I think we know how that one sort of ends. Uh, the revelation about Deckard. I'll say no more. But what he's done is he's tweaked all the effects in it. You now have lots more um, vehicles traveling through the city skyways. You have more people on the on the streets. More uh, the effects have been tinkered around with. You don't see the wires pulling these ships up into the air anymore. Um, the rather ridiculous stunt double uh, has been replaced with the original actress who's had her face... Um, sort of morphed onto uh, the original scene that she did. Uh, some dialogue has been cleaned up. There's a lot of things changed to it, but it's just aesthetically. Uh, having said that, I'm, God, I can't wait for it. I really cannot wait. And this is definitely uh, you know, a treasure trove of extras. You've got commentaries from Ridley Scott. Um, you've got the screenwriter David Peoples on there. You've got producers on there. Commentaries by, the, uh, by Sid Mead, production designers, special effects people. You've got documentaries of plenty. You've got all sorts. And for those of, those of you who aren't particularly as into it as quite obviously I may sound that I am, there's just the final cut which will come will be coming out as a, a two-disc affair, I think, all on the same day. Um, my God, I cannot wait for this. <laughs> it's just that is going to be absolutely awesome, and that'll make my Christmas. So there's quite a lot of things to look forward to. Um, disc-wise in the next few next few months it's just going to be unbelievable so get yourselves an overdraft for the biggest and best dvd and hd news and reviews visit avplay.com okay so uh, moving on to the reviews this week and first up is kaz so kaz what have you been looking at and on what format 
Well, I, I recently had the opportunity to check out Rain Over Me on Blu-ray. This is the UK Blu release, which uh, which hit our shores before it's released in stateside. It came out August 20th on Blu-ray, and it's it's beaten the US off the gates. Now, I, I have heard very little about this movie indeed, but it stars Adam Sandler and Don Cheel, and I would have expected that the fan base for either or both of them would have uh, collectively got together and got behind the bandwagon on this, because I must say, it's an amazing movie. Uh, it's, it's about uh, the trauma that uh, a New Yorker suffers after he loses his wife and kids um, in a 9-11 related incident, and uh, how over the last four years he's just become a recluse and basically blocked out anything that troubles him too much. Uh, and he bumps into an old college chum and um, rekindles a friendship which is completely oblivious to to what the trauma he's been through. And this friendship kind of brings out uh, what he's suffering and what he has to do to get over it and highlights a lot of issues to do with uh, post-traumatic stress, mental illness, all the kinds of things that perhaps aren't discussed very well in movies without adopting cliches. We're talking a movie here which it's it's not cheesy, it's not saccharine based, but it's not depressing. You don't come out of it at the end and think that, my God, the whole world's gone to pot. It's a, a really honest, charming movie um, which doesn't tease or taunt or patronise the audience and really goes for a realistic portrayal of uh, a guy who's going through tough times. Adam Sandler I love his comedies. He's a crazy, stupid, grown-up kid. I love his angry moments. Uh, I watch his comedies just purely for that. I'd have never picked him for this role, and he's utterly superb. I couldn't think of anyone who could be better in the role. There's none of his stupid antics. Um, In fact, the the funniest moments that happen in the movie uh, are kind of rewarding. You get to know the characters so well that you laugh with them rather than at what they're doing. They're not doing stupid things which you laugh at, which is what you'd have found with Sandler beforehand. He's superb, and he stands up um, alongside Don Cheel, who's just an amazing actor. Um, this is a guy in Hotel Rwanda, this guy who had a, a brief couple of episodes in ER and still managed to stand out above the entire rest of the cast. He's an amazing actor, and for Sandler to stand alongside him, well, it's... Uh, I'm really, really surprised they didn't tip him for at least a nomination. It's it's a great movie, great movie. It's got a, a, some nice supporting roles for like Saffron Burrows, Liv Tyler, uh, even Donald Sutherland pops up, and um, it's great. And I'm glad that I managed to find it on Blu-ray. I'm only disappointed that it wasn't advertised or promoted enough on its cinema release. I uh, just hope it picks up more acclaim on uh, home cinema. Uh, in terms of the technical specs for the disc, it's not a big Hollywood blockbuster. It was shot in HD, which is reflected in the video quality. Um, the audio is, again, it, it reflects the material on offer. Now, it does so accurately, but there's no there's no big bangs. The best you're going to get are some really good song tracks. Um, in terms of extras, it's a little bit bare bones. We're talking a making-of featurette, uh, an extended kind of music montage and some stills from the movie it's they talked about a commentary and i've no idea why we never received it i don't know who would have been on it but if it would have been any of the participants it would have been an interesting deal 
figures wise i gave the movie an eight and uh i gave the 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 video an eight audio gets a seven the extras a bit limited as a six and the overall verdict was a seven i really recommend it okay thanks for that kaz and moving swiftly on it's now time for chris so chris what have you been watching this month and in what format well, on Blu-ray, I had sitting on the, the shelf, and I hadn't really looked at it for a while, uh, was The Descent, Neil Marshall's uh, awesome second movie after Dog Soldiers, uh, which was, the, of course, the great werewolf film, horror, horror comedy, but um, a lad's movie, without a doubt. Well, he turned the tables now with The Descent into a girl's movie, but it's girls who are potholing, caving, extreme sports sort of um, divas who end up going into this uncharted cave complex in the Appalachian Mountains and um, encountering something rather nasty that's been living down there for quite a long time. It's quite a well-known horror movie. It's uh, a really, really relentlessly nasty and atmospheric sort of film. Uh, it uses you know, fantastic cave sets um, a great ensemble cast of virtual... I didn't know any of these at all, but they, they Well, not much, certainly. There seem to be a lot of TV sort of personalities. As, as I say, they, I didn't know a lot of these women, uh, these actresses. Um, they do a mighty fine job, especially Shauna MacDonald, who is absolutely awesome in the lead role. She has a troubling family background, a family tragedy which, as is usual with these things, is going to resurface somehow in the ensuing events. But that's not the main thrust of this story. It is about how people cope with um, claustrophobia, darkness, terror, and the threat of being eaten alive by these rather despicable creatures that are living down there. There really isn't a lot to this story. It's, made, it, it's, sell, it's selling point is the fact that it's so terrifying, so violent beyond belief, and uh, and a great cast who do work wonders with the virtually limited material. It's just a bunch of people literally running around very dark places and getting picked off one by one, but it's how you do it. And Neil Marshall, um, admittedly, Dog Soldiers had its moments, but it was played with its tongue well and truly in its cheek. No less enjoyable for it, but he seems to have changed the style altogether. This is serious. This is deadly, deadly serious. There are no laughs in this, unless, unless you count Holly, who's the, uh, the token Gaelic punk gothic chick who's in there, uh, who's a bit, of a bit of a loon cake, and tends to scamper off in search of daylight, and is the recipient of one exceptionally nasty and non-creature-related accident when she falls down a, a hidden hole in the ground and smacks her leg rather savagely on the rocks. Now, this is in full PCM 6.1, and I have to say that I've got several versions of this. Uh, I've got the original Region 2, which had DTS, which was a glorious DTS track on that. But the PCM makes that bit in particular sound even more shocking and repulsive. And I actually, I actually felt my knee snapping just from the sheer sound wave that was generated around the room. But back to the movie itself. Yeah, the creatures down there, God alone, it's, 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 a, it's a new strand or an evolutionary strand of humanity that's been trapped down there and they sort of resemble spindly very anemic pasty looking um, Nosferatu style bat creatures they're blind but their their other senses are you know obviously heightened to compensate and many many sequences depict the poor girls 
in absolute primal savage warfare with these things there are some really really harrowing sequences uh, which certainly for the mainstream horror at the time I thought were, was really pushing the boat out a little bit it's all well and good having gore and flesh and blood being ripped asunder but there are two really pivotal scenes in this I'm not going to go too in depth on these but one certainly pushes the boundaries of how far you go for your friend uh, in under dire circumstances which is I've seen the film several, several times now, and it's really, it gets me every time. It's just nasty, down to earth, and uh, it, it's horrible, very emotional. Uh, another sequence has um, a, a poor girl who has to literally witness a friend being devoured, and whilst keeping very quiet herself, otherwise the same fate will befall her. It's a tremendous movie, it's a nightmare movie. There is no sort of way out from this. What glimmers of hope we get are quickly snuffed away. Um, characters are completely turned inside out uh, when people resort to the savagery of you know, uh, our primitive selves. Of course, you've had survival horror many, many times over the years. You know, going back to Deliverance and the Hills of Eyes um, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre again. But in all those movies, and these, there's the cycle of this kind of thing, continues even to this day with Wolf Creek and the stuff that's coming out now, the remakes of Hills of Eyes. Um, there's, a, there's a chance of getting out of these situations. The, the, you know, whatever's chasing them, whatever's you know, the, the antagonists, these, they can be bargained with. They are at least human. They may be corrupt, um, absolutely nasty, homicidal maniacs, but they're human. So there's still some sense of you could, you could bargain your way out, you could beat them. But these creatures, there's nothing like that at all. They ex they're trying to survive themselves. So, you know, they're, they're not really villains. The girls have encroached upon their territory. And, you know, it's just fresh meat. Well, we can live another day. There's some meat there. Let's go eat. So it's not like the gore porn that's taking place now, Eli Roth and Hostel and all that kind of thing. Um, because there's no, no sense of torture. There's no titillation. It's just ferocity. You know, if for the sake of survival, and in that aspect, the descent absolutely um, hits the spot completely. Tremendous movie, very atmospheric. Neil Marshall shoots in a wide screen as well, which seems to enhance the fact that you're in a, in a very tight enclosed space. It's a wonderful move to have done that uh, because there's so many iconic shots in it of the girls positioned around the caving complex. Some in the foreground, some in the background, some middle ground but off center and. Well, the image on this, this 1080p, uh, 2.35 to 1 um, transfer, is, is certainly a major upgrade over the standard releases that I've seen, and I've seen the Region 1 and the Region 2, uh, both of which had some serious drawbacks with the, um, the the quality, certainly on the exteriors in the daylight, which seemed to be suffused with grain. Um, they looked a bit grubby. Uh, the edges were a little bit indistinct. And although... Some of those elements still creep into the, the 1080p transfer. You know, there's a, a greater sense of uh, color depth and fidelity to the, out, the exterior scenes. It's a lot sharper. There's a lot more three-dimensionality to it. It's a, initially, it's a, it's a beautiful image to look at. A lot more detail there. But it's when you go below ground when the 1080p suddenly really, you know, comes into its own because it, the blacks are absolutely superlative. I mean, you're talking Stygian black here. This is, but it's not crushed. You can still make out detail in it. It's just got such a strength and solidity to it. It just seems totally genuine. 
And of course, little pockets of light. The girls are using flares. They've got torches. When a bit of light, when a chink of light suddenly appears, you know, and you've got the lights dimmed in your room, you know, that re- it really is atmospheric. You do feel as though you're down there. I know I'm going a little bit OTT about how this looks, but you know, it puts you in the cave. But it really seems to do it with this. A lot of this obviously is to do with the atmosphere of the film itself, which is second to none, really. And as I say, detail close up is fantastic. You've got lots of finite detail of the rocks and the cave drawings, the equipment, the entrails being flung around. I mean, one of the things is when you see the creatures up close, oh my God. I mean, you, it's that clear, that putrid, you can smell them. It is just a tremendous image. Um, the PCM, as I've already stated, is excellent. We're not talking bombast here. We're not talking zip around effects. We're not talking explosions and gunfire. The usual showboat and stuff, which is, you know, it may sound fantastic, but it's designed to be like that. Now, here, it's a different environment. And the sound engineers on this have done an absolutely bang-up job. You've got lots of skittering rocks behind you. You have brilliant echoes on the voices. A large chamber, the echo will bounce around you. A sort of tightened tunnel that they're crawling down. The echoes are channeled towards you or away from you. It's it's it, it's such a richness of um, oral fidelity, which is you know, totally engrossing and very, very believable. Uh, screaming, um, yes, is particularly shrill. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the the bass element is it's not heavily tested, but you do have there's certainly an element of it there. It does creep into a lot of the impacts and uh, certainly the score, which is uh, embellished by the entire setup, and is is wonderful. Very uh, David Julian did it, and it's a uh, awesomely disquieting um, score. Very strange, but you know goes hand in hand with the unique and terrifying atmosphere which is being evoked by the visuals. Extras-wise on this disc, you have everything that adorned the original Region 2 and, indeed, I think the unrated Region 1. And there was quite a lot there. You had a lengthy documentary, which features all the cast. You had a couple of comedy tracks. Neil Marshall, again, takes the lion's share of both of these. He sits with the uh, all-girl cast and reminisces and and plenty of anecdotes there and funny bits. Uh, He sits with some of the crew, and, again, he dominates that. And it's very informative, again. You have outtake scenes, uh, you have some goofs, you have some uh, gag reel. They're okay, they're not that, they're not that funny, not, not hysterical stuff, but it's good, it's good enough to see. Uh, again, you have the option here of the rated cut, the unrated cut, and, and here's the thing which is unique to the, the, the Blu-ray edition. You have uh, the, the Descent Underground experience. Now, you've got to bear in mind that this disc came out before Blu-ray Java really you know, came into its own with the Pirates of the Caribbean discs. So you've not got the sort of high, def- high HD picture-in-picture sort of option. What you have here is an entirely new um, stream of video, which is the movie recorded again, but with the actual box outs already embedded into it. You can't remove them. They're there throughout it. So it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a cop-out, a bit of a sort of primitive version of it which is quite apt, I suppose. But, you know, it's still very, very good. thing is, a lot of it's repeated through the, uh, the documentary as well. But there's a lot more there as well to enjoy. So that, that, that's nice too. And you also have uh, Stills Gallery, storyboard and scene comparisons, uh, cast and crew biographies. And you have another <laughs> nice, eerie, but sort of strange little extra, which is Caving, a high-definition experience, which is nine minutes, minutes of dialogue-free, and you don't see anybody in it either, but you are basically, the camera is attached to someone's helmet, and they are taking you on a little journey into the deep, dark caves. 
uh, all set to David Julian's score from the movie. And yeah, nine minutes of sheer eeriness. It, it put me off. I wouldn't go caving. I've done a lot of extreme things in my time, but at Pothole, no, that's not for me, mate. No way. So all in all, The Descent gets a major thumbs up from me. Uh, I think I gave it nine across the board for everything there. The movie itself, its video quality, its audio quality and the extras. And, you know, it's, it's certainly a disc well worth picking up. It's a popular movie and it's nice to see it on Blu-ray. And it's a definite upgrade visually and sonically over the, uh, the standard versions. Dig deep. So, uh, Chris, was that a Region A or Region B release? Oh, it's a Region A release, sorry. Well, thanks very much, lads. And that wraps up our movies podcast for this month. Don't forget, we're back again next month and hopefully we'll have a roundtable on the HD formats. Where we are at the moment, there's been some big news and we also still have Cedia US to come up. So we expect more big news on the high definition formats in the next few weeks. So next month, we will discuss the HD format wars. But for now, that's all we've got time for. So my thanks to Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Our thanks to Kaz. Cheers. And our thanks to Keith. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, guys. Don't forget, if you have any comments, queries, or questions, then you can email us at help at avpodcast.co.uk. This is Phil Hinton saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next month. The AV Podcast was presented by Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.